Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red. Nottingham Forest head to Old Trafford on Saturday to face last season's bogey team in Manchester United. The Reds barely laid a glove on United in four games against them last season, but could it be different this time? We'll discuss that. The latest transfer news is a World Cup winner signs. Omar Richards, Omar Richards could be hoping for better luck elsewhere and Remo Froilet could be on his way as well. Joining me to discuss all that is, first of all, Reds fan Michael Temple. Temps, good morning. You well? Good, mate. Can we call them a bogey team? I'm not sure they've been lucky against us. They're just better than us, aren't they? I think a, bo- a bogey team is someone you should be pacing every time, but just seems to find a way. I think Man U are just better than Forrest. Probably, that's true. I should have run my intro by you, sorry. <laughs> but that's you're all right, right. next yeah. time, next time. Next time, next time. And also with us is fellow Reds fan, Emily Anderson. Morning, how are you? Morning, very good, thank you, yeah. Feeling good, confident. Good. Uh, feeling confident, okay. Uh, well, before we do that, I'm going to be a shameless plug person and ask everyone who's watching for a favour to vote for us in the Football Content Awards. We were shortlisted last year and didn't win shamelessly so hopefully we'll go one better this year so uh if you could vote for us that'd be amazing the link is in the description just vote for us for best premier league podcast any sport very much appreciated uh whether you vote or not it's good to have you with us so uh come back to you emily feeling confident even though as temp said united have been significantly better than us what makes you feel confident heading into this one um well looking at man united to start with they're in a right old mess aren't they um Against Wolves, they provided nothing. And Wolves, who struggled to score goals, were managed to just run through their midfield like there was no one there. Um, They had a few chances against Tottenham, but again, couldn't create. Um, I think that they're clearly struggling to find who is their best eleven. Rashford's not very happy going down the middle. Um, He seems lost. Casemiro seems isolated. Um, yes, as Temp said, they are a better side than us, and we, you know, we got absolutely hammered four times by them last season. But if you want to play Man United, you want to play them now because on and off the pitch, they're in a bit of disarray. There's still all the Ferrari about the Glazers. They've had all the controversy about Mason Greenwood this week. There's also talk of Anthony causing some problems as well. I just think if we want to play Man United, we want to play them now. Um, I heard a pundit just before we came on talking about the game and talking about how for Forest this is a good time to play them, but they still see it as a Man United win. That may be the case, but I'm happy to go there and play for a draw. Equally, on our side of things, it seems like there's a good team spirit at the moment. We've made another great signing. Um We won our first home game, so confidence hopefully will be high. Um, And I I feel like this is a chance for us to go into this game, not going home, but to go into it thinking, do you know what? We could nick something from this because there's no expectation on us. None of the experts and the pundits give us any hope against Manchester United on Saturday. So maybe that's the time that we go out there and we maybe take a point or maybe nick all three. Yeah, um... Uh, well, good morning to everyone who's uh, commented, by the way. We're getting a lot of good morning. So I should say hello to Ross, Lee and John, Stephen, uh, Charlie and Matt. And thanks to John, who's already voted for us. So that's good. Um, Tam, somebody makes a good point there about catching United cold. This time last mm. season, I remember they were bedding in and they got absolutely tanked by Brentford. And it feels like this season they're trying to play different tactics. The tactics Ten Hag wants and they're, they're bedding in again. Uh, it, like Emily says, if we're ever going to play United and have a good chance of getting something, it does feel like this is a good moment. 
You could probably argue both ends against the middle on this one. Rashford did look lost through the centre and they've invested um, big on, on an injured striker who, who they hope is going to become that focal point. They didn't have one against Spurs. They didn't have a focal point and they weren't um, constructing their uh, attacks in the, in the manner that they might wish. But what's going to happen now? The Mason Mount injury isn't ideal for us. I think that Christian Eriksen comes in and is a, a figure of solidity. That link-up he had with Fernandez against um, Boris at C- City Ground in similar circumstances when he was elevated to the um, to, to the to the eleven off the back of an injury. They were almost telepathic. Those two, so much guile and experience between the between the pair, and I think they're you know a pretty formidable creative duo when it comes to unlocking defenses. I'd expect um, Rashford to be back out on the left. They only have to look at the tape from last season, see how comfortable we were when he was running at us directly. Uh, Martial probably more more than likely to come in and play um, at the top of the pitch um, for Man U. But no, they weren't convincing against Wolves and they were second best against Tottenham. So Emily's exactly right. They're going to improve throughout the season. Now is not a bad time to play them. But I do expect them to, to make changes to their eleven to address a couple of points of weakness. Rashi back out on the left. And yeah, Ericsson, a more bankable player for me than uh, the Mason Mount at this moment in time. So picking up on that, I spoke yesterday to uh, Tyro Marshall from the Manchester Evening News to get his view on how bad United have been and how they're feeling about the game. And the main two topics were midfield and Rashford. So I've got two clips to play. Uh, I'll start with the midfield. Because interestingly, we did talk. He we, he said Ericsson will come in, and he was actually thought McTominay would be a better fit. And even with Ericsson coming in, he thinks it's more a question of balance and tactics that are wrong. So I don't think it necessarily solves the problem. Let's uh, hear what he said. For me, has been lacking energy. That the balance hasn't been right. It, it's been clear in pre-season, the first two games, that Ten Hag's trying to move things on this season, trying to do, trying to take his own game plan on tactically. They've been a lot more aggressive in terms of pressing. With Inanna and goal now, they're playing a lot higher up the pitch. But the balance hasn't been right. The entire midfield's been too far up the pitch at times. Casemiro's been too far up the pitch. And they've just looked overpowered as well. On on paper, that trio of Casemiro, Mount and Fernandez looks pretty good. But on the pitch, it, it hasn't worked. Mount was totally ineffectual against Tottenham, I thought. It was beyond a good 10, 15 minutes at the start. After that, he just disappeared. And Casemiro as well, he's... He started the season pretty sluggishly. He's been caught out too far up the pitch. And I think, you know, there's obviously going to be a change there. I would imagine it's Ericsson, but there's probably an argument that it's the balance as much as the personnel that needs to be fixed in midfield because it has been an area of concern for those first two games. One of the other things he said, Emily, was about how United have looked less fit than their opponents. And we've seen Forrest finish games strongly. Is it kind of prudence? In this game, kind of like the Arsenal game again, sit in, keep it tight. If you've got more energy in the last 20 minutes, then then go for it if we're still in the game. Is that the best way to go about it? Yeah, well, I really do think that. There has been talk, hasn't there, that maybe their pre-season wasn't quite what it should have been at United. Um, and the criticism of them is that they are pushing forward and not thinking about those defensive midfield positions, uh, which is why, and we'll see when you see my lineup, I think Alanga would be a great super sub, 60th, 70th minute with his pace. Once those defenders are tired, I think he could cause some real problems for United. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I stand by what I said. I think that, you know, we, we play them now. We, it's, it's the best time we can play them because they'll only get better. Of course, they'll only get better. They are still bedding in and um, things aren't going right for them. But 
there'll come a time when it will all start to fit for them and hopefully it's not against us on Saturday. Uh, lots of people watching on the other side of the world. I guess this is a good time for them. Um, Steve in Australia, I think, and uh, Adam, uh, we met the podcast live in New Zealand and Heath in New Zealand as well. So there you go. We should do these uh, early more often for those guys. I'll play the other clip, Temps, and, uh, and then ask you about um, Rashford and the attacking options and how we go about containing it. So here's another uh, clip from Tyrone on Rashford and their attack. Um, you know, he always insists that he doesn't mind. He, he maybe prefers it slightly off the left, but can play centre-forward. But his, his biggest impacts as a striker last year came when he was moved there in-game after 60, 70 minutes and, and then had an impact. When he started games there, it's not been working for him. And I think you you probably need to put him off the left. Like you say, Ganachev hasn't really taken his chance so far. He had a lot of space against Tottenham and didn't do enough with it. And whether it's Martial, he, he's had fitness issues. Hoyland's been, been battling this back problem. I'm not sure he'll be fit to start against Forest. It does feel like something needs to change. I've had, talking about balance before, they've had 37 shots in the first two games and, and let 40 shots on goal. So... These games are far too open, but they've had enough chances to score far more than one goal. And the one goal they've got has, has been a header from a centre-half. And if Rashford's more likely to score off the left, then it's worth changing that and, and playing Martial up front for an hour if that's all he's got in him, or even for 50, 55 minutes if that's all he's got in him, because they do need to, to start finding the back of the net. So if Rashford plays off the left, as we imagine he will, that puts an onus on our right wing-back. Is that Montiel or is that Serge Aurier for you? It's it's Montiel in time, isn't it? Because I, I expect that signing to, to potentially signify the end of Serge Aurier's career at Forest off the back of the finance available to him in the Middle East. Um, but Serge Aurier starts uh, to, uh, on, on the weekend for me, as, as you've seen in my predicted 11, Matt. I think that you have to be touch tight with Marcus Rashford. If he gets the ball and runs at you in space and you find yourself on an island with him, he's, he's devastating. Pace, obviously, but um, fast feet and, and quality as well. He's a, he's a Premier League game-breaker. And I think he's the player that Man United are most looking to build a team around at the moment. Um, I do expect him to be restored to the left-hand side. I think Martial um, will, will start this game. And... You know he he has a, a a pretty decent record against Forest. I think where where it could go wrong for Manu is there were a couple of you know luxury YouTube footballers. One in Garnacho who's likely to, to to make way here, but Anthony as well. Bit of a selfish player for me. Dribbler. He's going to do three or four things um, a game that make the home fans stand up. But he's 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 got a strop in him. He's got a mistake in him. And when the game's not going his way, he's got that you know, real negative um, body language and it can be a bit of a sap on the team. So how are Forrest going to find a way to, to to beat Man United? By earning the right to play, establishing strength in centre mid, winning that battle against um, Casemiro and, and Ericsson, if they line up as we expect them to, to line up. Casemiro has a tendency to try to do too much in an unsettled side. I really rate him. I think he's a, a, a real quality player, one of the best holding midfielders um, in the Premier League. But he'll he'll be yearning for certainty and solidity in and around him. And with the performances to this point so far and the changes in personnel, I don't think he's I don't think he's he's found that. So, yeah, back to your original question about how we um, contain 
Marcus Rashford. It'll be Serge Aurier for me at the weekend. And that will be one of the key battles in determining who who, who gets away with the points. Um, apologies to Steve, who's not in Australia. I don't know where he is. Uh, America, maybe? I don't know. His name's Stephen Queen, so I assume it's America. Stephen Queen on YouTube. Um, just finishing off on Montiel, Emily, we touched on it on Monday. And you were sort of uh, middle of the road, hadn't formed much of an opinion. Now he's actually signed. We were saying before we recorded, you're a bit more upbeat about it. Yeah, I think um, because loads of names have come up and then gone, I didn't want to get too excited. And uh, classic me, now that he's signed, I want to know all about him. And I'm now very excited, mainly because um, opposition fans are suggesting, why is Montiel going to Forest? He's too good for Forest, which suggests he's pretty good. And I've also watched his YouTube highlights and defensively, he looks really sound and he likes to push up the pitch as well. And he's clearly very confident at taking penalties. Um, so, yeah, I'm really, really excited. The only thing I'll say in all the little videos I've seen of him since he signed, he clearly isn't a smiler. I'm sure he's delighted to have signed. I hope he's delighted to be here. I yeah. hope he cracks a smile at some point because he looks almost like, what am I doing here? But I think that's more he's probably, you know, it's it's a brand new country for him. But um, I, I'm really excited to see what he can do. But similarly to what Temp said, um, particularly after Serge's last performance, you can't, you can't not start, start Serge Aurier, but I think, you know, moving forward and in the, the medium to long-term future, hopefully Montiel will be our right back. And it, it, yeah, it's really exciting times that we've got a World Cup winner in our squad. It's, it's fantastic, isn't it? Hopefully he smiles when he scores penalties, I assume. Oh, yeah. uh, quick question. It's a, a one-word answer, actually, because we'll move on to other stuff. Is he on penalties over Gibbs-White? Yes or no, Emily? No. Temps? Yeah, of course, of course he's not. Of course he's not. Despite having that track record, you don't walk in and be the big dog and uh, you know grab a grab the ball at a, a Premier League team. Long established that Gibbs White is on penalties for the for the foreseeable. Um, if something happens, if he misses a couple on the bounce, you pass that on. But no, you've you've, you've got to earn your right and you know climb the pecking order a little bit in a in a changing room before you before you grab the ball for pens. And I think what he is, is he he is that that player that can handle the pressure if we're in a, an FA Cup semi-final or whatever and we need him to take that crucial penalty. He's then your man to step up, is, is in, in a penalty shootout. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Gibbs White takes our pens. And what message would that send if he came straight in and said, oh, yeah, my ball. So no, yeah, Gibbs White stays on pens. Yeah, I disagree. I'd have him straight on penalties. No! Gibbs White makes me nervous every time he takes a penalty. I know he scores them, <laughs> it's a run up yeah I just I mean this guy if you've got the track records he's got and then obviously the nerves he's got so I just stick him straight on pens assuming he's on the pitch but there we go it's good to disagree right let's go on to our predicted uh, lineups we've we've each done one and we'll chat through some options and some players and then we'll move on to transfers in about 10 minutes or so start with Emily's because uh, she sent it in first attempt was a bit slower uh, here we go and I'll read it out for the benefit of um, podcast listeners not viewers of course so it's um, and Emily correct me if I'm wrong with any of the the kind of the shape of this it's a bit rough but I think the, the names are right obviously Turner in goal back three Worrell Bolly near Kate coming back from injury Aurier and uh, Ola Aina coming back in assuming he's fit Yates and Mangala as a two, and then Johnson, a one-ye, and Gibbs-White as the three forwards. Uh, is that the right formation, roughly? Yeah, I think um, we've talked about this before, but we're away from home. So as much as I'm not keen on the back five, I think we have to start with the back five just to make sure that we're defensively sound. Um, 
And then you've got the problem, haven't you, of who do you leave out of Yates, Mangala and Danilo. And I think it was a mistake to leave Yates out against Sheffield United. So he was my first, he was actually my first pick, really. And mainly just because of, I don't know, Danilo had a quiet game against Sheffield United. He didn't quite seem at home. So I feel like he's the one that misses out, but a potential to come on maybe once um, Man United tire out. Um, and then I'm sticking with the same um, attacking players, Gibbs White, of course, Johnson on the right and a one knee through the middle. I toyed with bringing Alanga in, but again, as I've mentioned before, I feel like he's going to be a really good super sub against Man United on Saturday, purely because of his pace. And I think for Johnson's confidence, we talked about, you know, what, what may or may not be going through his head at the moment. He, he's got to start for me because, again, he's a pacey player and... Um, I think him, Gibbs White and Awanyi could cause some problems. Awanyi with his battering ram tendencies could really scare the Man United defence. And obviously he's a player at the moment that's just on such fine form. The Premier League did a little highlights reel of his last eight goals. And I thought, blimey, God, he's doing well, isn't he? Uh, aren't we lucky to have him in his in our sides? Wouldn't it be great if he could score um, his, uh, his seventh consecutive game? That would be fantastic. So, yeah, that's my lineup. Uh, no Danilo for you, I guess. Yates yeah. obviously picks himself yeah. after yeah, Saturday. Yeah, I, I feel like Danilo um, had a quiet game against Sheffield United, and I just feel more comfortable going into this game with Mangala and Yates in those midfield positions. And I think Yates is the sort of player that could really niggle an Anthony and really wind him up unwind up the likes of Fernandez as well. There's been talk this week as well that as brilliant a player as Fernandez is. Is he really the right pick as captain? Because he seems to be struggling with that role at the moment. So I feel like Yates can be our niggly player to wind up the opposition. Uh, let's move on to Temps' lineup. It's fairly similar, I think. And then we'll pick his brains about a couple. So I'll read it out again. Um, Turner in goal, same back three, Warhol, Bolly, Nia Kate, Aurier right wing back, Nico Williams left wing back, Yates and Danilo uh, instead of Mangala at the base of midfield, and then Johnson, Awanyi and Gibbs White up front as well. So, Temps, um, is Williams getting in ahead of Aina or is that based on fitness for you? No, that's a judgment call on fitness. I, I don't think Aina is, is quite ready. Um, to, to start this game, hence Nico Williams continuing. I think Emily framed the hardest debate in this is the blend in central midfield. Um, I agree with her that Danilo is not at his finest against Sheffield United, but I've, I've picked him here for two reasons. One is the physical power. Um, dueling with Casemiro is no easy task, and I think we need physical dominance in there. The second is his dynamism, his explosiveness, his ability to move the ball at pace, his ability to, to carry the ball um, out from the, the central third. So he gets the nod over Mangala for me, but it was a bit of a sensitive call. Interestingly, what we have seen against Arsenal and at the back end of last season is Brennan being left on the bench um, for games of this type where we find ourselves um, up against it on the road. However, I, I do expect us to make use of his pace against the Man United fullbacks. Taiwo's key in this for me. Um, corresponding game last year, he found himself uh, matched up against uh, Wan Bizaka and for me, got beat up a little bit, came out on the wrong side of that. So I thoroughly expect him to try, his, to try and divide his time between the, the two Man U centre-halves if they play a back four 
and try and find a more um, favourable matchup, potentially against Lissandro Martinez. So that's my side. McKenna comes out for sure off the back of Neocarte's return to fitness. Williams keeping Ainer out as he looks to prove his fitness and Danilo in there for, for dynamism and explosiveness. I think the Johnson spot's the most interesting one. It's the same in my team. It could be Johnson. It could be Alanga. It could be Danilo. A few people in the comments, or in your case, Mangala, a few people in the comments saying you can't play a two in midfield because they'll rip us apart, like they did at the City round when we played two in midfield. Is that a worry for you at all? Um, look, how, how, what do we want to do? Are we going there to, to try and find a point from the off? Or are we going there to contend against a team that haven't quite worked out their, their method yet? I just think we're going to have to score a goal in this game. Man United are going to score in this game. So to get something out of it, we have to score in this game. So for me, Brennan Johnson is the key that unlocks the Man United defence. We've spoken about the wingers, the way they're going to play. They're going to cheat at times and be high. So he will find himself one-on-one with his opposing fullback. And that's an opportunity to exploit his pace as he has pretty consistently um, in the, in the Premier League over the past 12 months. So, yeah, I, I like the shape. There's willing runners there in Johnson and Gibbs-White. We saw them um, helping the wing-backs and, and tucking in against Sheffield United. So um, we spoke about this before. There are um, gung-ho versions and defensive versions of, of 5-2-3. And I think those those players know enough about our game plan now to get that balance right. But I do expect Brennan to start this one. Uh, let's move on to my team briefly then, and uh, then we'll crack on with some transfer chat. So <laughs> my team, um, turning goal, obviously, Warrell, Bolly, near Kate, uh, Aurier and Aina as wing-backs, again, assuming uh, Aina returns to fitness. Yates and Mangala at the base midfield, and then Johnson, Gibbs-White, and a one-year. I've got Johnson a bit narrower, uh, and the thinking there is... We saw Wolves just run through the centre of their midfield, like Emily said at the start, with Nunes and Cunha. It's a, an area of weakness for them. And it feels like the one area we can exploit, really, because Wolves had 23 shots. If we have even half that, then I think with Tyro in his form, we can get a goal. So, like I said earlier, I think this Johnson spot here is the key. It could easily be a Langer as well. But I just feel like him off the bench at the moment is still such a good option. So, um, but I wouldn't be, if if that is spot is Danilo um, or Elanga or Johnson, I wouldn't be worried. But I just like this kind of box midfield that we're playing away. And you see more teams playing it now. They're inverting fullbacks to make it a box, but we're playing the extra man at the back. But you see Villa play it, you see obviously City play it and a lot of the big clubs. And it feels like packing the midfield is a way to go, but it's asking Brennan and Gibbs White to play different roles. So there is an element of risk to it, I do accept. But I think this could be a way to, to get through the centre of the pitch and exploit the weaknesses of United if they do play high up the pitch. If they play high up the pitch, then a one-year Gibbs White and Johnson running at them could cause uh, any problems. I mean, in fact, has either of you two got any comment on that team or should we just crack on with transfers? It's pretty much the same as what I went for, just with Johnson slightly further... Just slightly narrower. I like it. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty pleased with the fact that there aren't aren't too many massive debates. I don't think we're going to have that, you know, almost five-month period we had last year trying to find winning formulas, correct combinations. I think the fact that we're um, debating two or three subtle points off the back of match fitness um, and and to a lesser extent form, but to to more of a a point, just that fit with the the kind of script of of the game. Um, is a signifier that we are in a better position 
um, at this time, this time this season than we were this time last season. So, look, free hit, no expectation. Let's go out and get it done. We made a good account of ourselves at Arsenal. And that level of performance allowed to take in the chances that come to you um, in the first half of games can spring a surprise. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that there weren't wild differences between our, our predicted 11. Um, a few people saying four at the back, which I, I, I like. I do prefer four at the back long term. But in this game, I think sitting deep and not giving Rashford space to run into is the way to go. If we're playing four at the back with not too many quick uh, different centre halves, then I think it is a worry. And we saw. I know people are saying Wolves went at United. They actually sat really quite deep and they just blitzed through the middle of the pitch. And, and that's what that's... we need to do. And the thought of four at the back scares me because I don't think I'll... We couldn't. I don't think I'd feel happy with our two centre backs. Nikata is quick, isn't he? But he's only he is, but then doesn't that leave Warrell a little bit exposed? And I, I just feel like we've just got to be really, really careful that we don't have a repeat of last season against some of these big sides where we get absolutely pummeled and then regret our choices. I think we play them on the counter attack and we try to use the pace of our front players to get a cheeky goal as and when we can. Um, as much as a back four would be fab, but we we don't have the we don't have the personnel at the moment to be able to do that in in this sort of game. Um, please don't spam the comments with the same thing over and over again. I don't know if Bill's serious about Gibbs White. I almost booted Bill last time because so he's just making the same point over and over again last week. But if you are serious, Bill, and you think Gibbs White is rubbish, that's fine. But you don't need to make the same point fifteen times over and over again. Right, uh, let's move on to transfers. <laughs> seen a message in the private chat so yeah um where shall we start we'll start we've discussed um montiel let's move on to richards uh omar richards going on loan to olympiakos potentially i feel like it's a really good move for us i'm not sure it's a really good move for olympiakos i don't know how their fans will react to it because he's not kicked a ball for ages what do you think about it terms if he goes away for a season Look, we're not a proving ground anymore. We can't take risks and blood players before we, we know that they're ready. He's had several setbacks, having been signed on a fee and from a club and into a side that needed a first-choice left-back. He hasn't been able to get it together. He's at a point now where he's so far removed from any meaning, meaningful competitive football that we can't take the risk in our Premier League quest to bed back in uh, a left back that's had a year off. So um, essential for him to go and go and prove his level again. We have to look at him as a, a as a completely fresh player now. We're, what he did at Bayern is is irrelevant. What he did in, in in England before that is now irrelevant. We need to scout his performances for Olympiacos, and he needs to be turning it on game after game after game at that level to prove to us he can come back in as a first choice left back. And if he doesn't do that, he might never play for Forest. Yeah, Bill's gone. Um, what do you think about it, Emily? I agree with Temps, actually. I, I, you know, I feel really sorry for the lad because he, he signed here full of promise, didn't he? And then he immediately got injured before even kicking a ball for us. And yeah, it's it's too risky to keep him here on our books. Um, as far as I know, he is still injured, isn't he? Um, so it's a great bit of business for us, even though it's it, it's just a loan. Um, yeah, I don't know how I'd feel if I was an NPRCOS fan right now because he's not going to... He's not going to start playing 90 minutes anytime soon, is he? Um, and But maybe this is the fresh start that he needs. Maybe this is his time to prove himself over there. Um, and, and then we can maybe see what he can or he can't do and we make a decision at the end of the season. Um, but I 
never saw him in our plans for this season anyway. So for me, it's 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 good business for us. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I didn't see him in our plans till January. I don't think he would have made a twenty-five man squad because he just needs games. So if he's going to go and get them in Olympiacos, it's better than him playing for our under twenty-threes for. 10 games and you know getting good football there coming back even coming back here in January if he plays really well or next summer but he's not like um, the other players who've gone to Olympiacos I mean like Scarper I don't think we'll see him in a Forest shirt again but I could definitely see Richards in a Forest shirt again if it works out well yeah, loan fees of 45 million makes perfect sense <laughs> exactly sort that FFP out yeah I wonder what the loan fees are for Scarper and Richards when he goes you have to be careful with these things because other clubs will cry foul, certainly. Um, another player to talk about before we go, two more, actually. Um, Remo Freuler, uh, looks like he's probably going back to Serie A. Uh, Bologna have been linked. Obviously, he was very successful with Atalanta attempts. We've said this a lot before. I mean, good footballer, but maybe not the right footballer for us. Serie has a game of chess, isn't it? You you keep the ball, you change the point of attack. It's endlessly recycled, and I can see why he he finds success uh, in 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 that country. He's not compatible with the Premier League. Um, not dynamic enough for me. Um, not particularly exciting on the ball. Keeps things ticking over, um, and that's he's just not the profile of player for us. I think he was given almost too many chances last year and there were a few purists that were queuing up to tell us about all the unseen work that he does um how he's important to the rhythm of the team the fact remains that we got better results and looked far more impressive um when he wasn't in the side uh looked like a solid signing the profile of player the the history the resilience of uh, playing multiple games Made made complete sense. It hasn't worked out, and I, I wish him I wish him well. Um, he did contribute last season, but he wasn't while not being a standout. I just think there's there are so many better players to be had uh, out there. I think we will recruit to replace uh, Remo Remo Froilum and Bologna may well, may well be linked to that, which we'll, we'll come onto in a second, I'm sure. But he's he's not in that conversation for me. Yates, Danilo, Mangala are a step ahead of Remo Froiler. And there's no place for him or no and no purpose um, for him on the bench. He's not a player that you're going to bring on like a willy-bolly rearguard action last 10 minutes. Anthony Alanga to terrorise someone last, last half an hour. There's no change of pace or injection for a player like that coming off the bench. So he's, he's become um, a little bit anonymous, unfortunately. And I, I wish him every success in, in Serie A, where I think he'll be far more um, suited to his style of play. Yeah, that's a good point about the bench. I never thought of that before because Coyote offers something off the bench. Well, yeah, that's a good point. And, and I, I suppose Emily, like, I mean, he's a technically much more proficient football than Ryan Yates, it's fair, but it, it feels like it's one of those two probably in our team now. And yeah. we saw what Yates offers, really. Yeah, I mean, and, and in, in for Remo Proiler, yeah, he, he's technically a great footballer and we've seen him shine for his country, haven't we? But he's he just doesn't quite fit in our team and he doesn't change games and often that is what we need um he's not one of our duff signings he's just kind of mediocre for us and it doesn't quite fit for us so actually maybe going back to Serie A will be better for him um and I think he leaves he leaves with a good record um it's just not right for us and for me 
I would take Yates over him every day of the week because of his tenacity. Yeah, he might not have all the skills that Remo Freuler possesses, but Yates' tenacity, tenacity, his attitude, everything we know about Yatesy is what we need in the Forest side at the but, moment. But there's certain things that Yatesy's great at, and we saw it in that 25-minute injection on Friday night. Energy, mm-hmm. um, you know, passion, that desire, the the graft, interceptions, breaking up play. He's he's great at that. I've and never worked out what Remo Ford is great at. You can't train that. You cannot train what Yatesy has. You've either got that or you haven't. And the passion that Yatesy's got, I've said it before, we must bottle it because, you know, he, he helps us change games. And like you say, you saw it against Sheffield United. Fantastic defensive play moving forward. And I can't imagine Remo Freuler would have done that had he come on in the 70th minute against Sheffield United. We wouldn't have seen what we got from Yates. True. And also, like Temps hinted earlier, we need to clear a space in the squad because if we're going to sign a central midfielder, we can only carry so many. And hopefully Temps, it might, I mean, Nicholas Dominguez was a player you mentioned. It needs to be a player of that profile who's quite physical, quite dynamic as well. A kind of a blend of Yates, Freuler and Mangala, but a, an elevation in the squad as well. Yeah, defensive qualities, but but with that dynamism in in possession, like prime Czech Koyate, West Ham Czech Koyate was that he would win the ball, but then make progressive passes at pace. That alliance of win the ball and use it. Remo Freuler wasn't winning the ball; he was picking it up second phase or collecting it from a centre half and making a, a pretty simple pass. We, we need someone to break the lines. Danilo will will become that. I think he's he's probably most likely to develop into an all-round number eight in two to three years' time. We know what Ryan Yates is. He's definitely got a role to play. But I'd hope Dominguez is that kind of quarterback, almost like, you know, Premier League version of Ben Watson, who can do the dirty work, but can also get on the ball early, early in his own third and find ways to um, to, to be progressive. So that's, that's the kind of player that Forrest is in the market for. I think Sangare... Um, typifies that role in a in a more rounded, exemplary way, but he's he's proved just to be that that touch beyond us. So this this kind of profile of of player makes perfect sense to me. And yeah, it looks like there's going to be a few calls between Forest and Bologna throughout the next couple of days. Yeah, I mean the team's built on quick transitions and getting the ball forwards into Gibbs White quickly. And I thought Danilo was signed for that. You watched Danilo's videos from Brazil, and he actually did that a lot, but we've utilised him in different roles. So we never really fulfilled that. So hopefully we bring in a midfielder who does that and it makes us better and keep the ball a bit more. I mean, we discussed that, Seth. It is a clear weakness in our team. that We just don't keep the ball enough as well. Um, last player to talk about, of course, is Brennan Johnson, as usual. We were discussing on Monday at length uh, with what Fletch was saying, that you know he feels he'll definitely go. Interestingly, this week, it seems like the exit routes are reducing a little bit. Chelsea seems to be looking elsewhere. They put out nice noises about him through Fabrizio Romano, but it sounds like he's down there pecking order and they'd only come back if they don't get whoever they actually really want. Brentford are looking at uh, is it Nicolas Dominguez, the Argentinian winger. So if they get him, I would assume they wouldn't want or be able to afford Brennan, which just leaves Spurs as they stand. I know West, West Ham might come in for him, I think, maybe. But it feels like Spurs, Emily, are perhaps the best and last avenue. Could we actually see Brennan end up staying at this rate if they don't go for him? Yeah, I think we could. Because I think actually West Ham would, for me, that wouldn't be a great move for him. That would feel almost like a sideways move. I know West Ham have had some years of success, but their current 
team, the way they're currently playing, I don't feel like... I mean, he could be a star there, but is it a great move for him? Probably not. I think his most likely exit route now is Spurs, unfortunately. Um, I desperately don't want him to go and I want him to stay, but I understand the implications of FFP and we've got to balance the books. Yeah, he might end up staying, but does that then put us in a bit of a pickle at the end of next season um, for balancing the books? We, we heard... Fletch eloquently say um, on Monday how much Brennan doesn't want to go and um, that makes it even harder really doesn't it because I think for Brennan for his career another season would, with us would bump up his price it would make him a more rounded player um, and I think that would help his career I'm not sure whether going to Spurs this season will help him in his career um, but having said that you know maybe Ange Postcoglu sees him as an eventual starter. Um, I've already come to terms with the fact that I think he's going. Um, so for me, yeah, I think if, if, if it's any team, it's Spurs. But that's yeah. with a heavy heart, I say that, a really heavy heart. Mm. I mean, um, he would play that Kulosevsky role at Spurs mm. because Kulosevsky has no pace, but he's a really good player. But he fits in more to that intricate style they play, which makes me wonder about Brennan. I should say about West Ham as well. They're also signing Mohamed Kudus by the look at the Ghana player, who's a right wing who had a great World Cup. So that's another avenue probably closed off. So attempts, if Brennan stays and it rules out the possibility of us getting a big money central midfielder and we have this squad basically now, is that is that a good scenario, a better scenario? Would you worry about FFP in a year? How would the land lie for you at, at the end of the window if Brennan's still with us? It would make us a better team this season. For sure, we're a better we're a better team this season if we take Brennan Johnson into September and beyond. Um, I said last week on on my Twitter account, I don't think there's a bad option. We keep Brennan Johnson, or they pay the piper, and the quote is fifty million quid. And our ownership have been rock solid on not wavering despite FFP pressure when these bids have come in in the mid thirties, high thirties, touching forty million pounds. Now, I don't normally like to, to mention betting sites on here, but Skybet have got Brennan Johnson at two to one to stay at Forest. So a clear understanding out there in the marketplace that he's going to move in this window. And as Emily referenced there, Fletch wasn't speculating when he when he spoke to us on, on Monday. Um, he's He's got inside information there that, that Johnson is um, the family silver that we need to, to sell to remain within the constraints of FFP. So I, I do expect Brennan to move on in this window. Deadline pressure will flush out the best bid. And if it starts with a five, Forrest will sanction that move. Yeah. I'm not sure if we have to sell him, say, within FFP. It's more the case, potentially, that if we want to do business, we have to sell him. Otherwise, there's no, there's no cash in the pot which again is back to that same debate we've literally just had. So we'll probably move on and see uh, what happens. Uh, how many days left? Oh, gosh, there's seven days left. I'll be so glad when this transfer window shuts. I mean, I shouldn't say this as a journalist for an outlet that reports a lot on transfers, but I hate the transfer window. I'll just be glad when we can just talk about games and not have to worry about last minute bids. Are you going to wear a yellow tie for us on deadline day? I haven't got a yellow tie. I've got, hang on, what have I got? I went He's to tea at the Ritz. Right here. Yeah, I went yeah. to tea at the Ritz for my wife's 40th, and I had to wear a tie and a jacket. And it's not my thing, Temps, as you well know. It's much more. The circles this guy moves in. 
<laughs> you've got to push the boat out for you know a special occasion so there you go right i think that covers everyone um any other business emily anything you want to add um no no i'm good today um yeah I'm, I'm feeling quite buoyant after that good good temps anything you want to add well, I was just going to mention like the kind of football manager thoughts about if if we looked for a make weight in that Spurs deal for for Brennan Johnson and you know players like um, Davinson Sanchez and Hoiberg, uh, one or two others, um, no doubt do appeal. And if 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 teams do balk at playing paying fifty million pounds for Brennan Johnson, um, is it all the more palatable if if they've got players on their C list who they're, they're trying to shift on? And I think there are one or two instances at Spurs where we, we could be tempted in that regard. So just, just don't bet against um, a cash-plus player or player's deal um, with Spurs as the deadline gets closer. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Hoiberg. That would be amazing. I don't know if that's realistic. But Sanchez, much blind, but actually probably quite good for, for what we want. Is Bill back, just with a different name in the comments? I don't know. It's too late to ban someone else because we're going now. Um <laughs> Much maligned players. We love a much maligned player. We make them. We, do. we can turn them around, yeah. We turn them all around. So, yeah, we'll take them. It's a there's shame. A question, the... There's a question about shirt sponsorship as well, Matt, which I, I'm, I'm hearing on the jungle drums could be just around the corner. Oh, very good. Oh, yeah, I saw that in the Oxford. I should have raised that. Yes, was it next week? We'll keep our eye out for that. Let's yeah. See. Yeah, could be something in the pipeline on that, certainly. Uh, two bits from me. I started the show pleading for your votes and I'll end the show pleading for your votes. Links in the comment for the Football Content Awards. I forgot to say on Monday that I went to the 100 at the weekend. Thank you, Uncle Temps. And uh, took my kids and very much enjoyed it. So I'll give it a little boost. I mean, it's terrible timing, Temps, because it was the last day. finished. Cheers, mate. <laughs> but this time next summer, late. if you're looking for something to do, I know the 100 is no one's cup of tea. And it's not necessarily my favourite form of cricket, but my kids loved it and it's very accessible for them. So uh, go for that or um, go down to a blast game and watch the outlaws and then hopefully get kids all the way up to test cricket, the best form. Or the Bank Holiday Sunday Food Festival. Uh, what's the When's the next Bank Holiday? I don't. I work Bank Holidays. When is it? Sunday. Is it Sunday. Bank Holiday this Sunday? Yeah. God, I'm working. Oh dear, that's not going to go down very well at home. <laughs> right okay well, mrs, mrs. davis can come mrs davis can bring the kids you can stay at home and graft or what plan your next trip to the ritz or whatever you do what time does it finish all day session mate i think we're running tw- i think we're going 12 12 till 10 12 till 10 oh i might come down uh i work seven till three so i might come down later get the kids down right we're really waffling here sorry about that um thanks very much to everyone who's joined us, very much appreciated. We shall be back on Monday with uh, Lewis, Greg. Emily, you can't do it, can you? No, I'm, I'm on another um, jaunt away, so I'm not available. Another jaunt away. <laughs> it's almost as bad as temps for Trump. Another secret millionaire. How was your <laughs> golf on Monday? Did okay, mate. Um, one, one by seven. With, I was seven up with five to play. So, yeah, you're a, you're a good omen for me. I saw you put something on your Insta story of teeing off and it was a good shot. So I'm assuming it was your best shot. <laughs> yeah. Anyone that's played golf, no, there's no, nothing quite like the nervousness of having 16 lads watching you tee off. And all that's going through your head is hit it straight 
and get past the get past the red tees. So so yeah, I was pleased when the camera was on that I did okay. But there were, there were plenty of times throughout the round where I find myself hacking. But fortunately, only counts if it's on camera phone. True, and you held the pose very well after that after that drive. Uh, right, and also on Monday might be temps. I'll ask him after if he can join us. He's on a roll of appearances, so we'll see if we can keep him going. And then Mikey's back soon probably after the Chelsea game. Right, uh, have a good few days, everyone. Enjoy the United match. Hopefully a result, feeling quite confident. But uh, like Temp says, no pressure, which is always nice. And we shall see you soon. <laughs>